and welcome back to Mastering Retail, a podcast series covering how to succeed in the world of e-commerce, brought to you by Essential Digital Commerce. Today, I'm excited to bring you an episode covering the intricacies of brand agency relationships and a unique perspective from someone who's worked on both sides. Hi, everybody. My name is Dante McLean. I am a senior manager of client services here at Flywheel Digital. Dante is one of the best guests out there for covering the ever-changing differences, similarities, and perspectives of both brands and agencies in the digital commerce space. At Essential Digital Commerce, we're in the business of providing services to our clients, who are most often brands and manufacturers, by understanding their needs and providing our knowledge and support through our partnerships. But partnerships are complex and multifaceted relationships. Dante will break all of this down for us, bless me with some solid career advice, and give us his three key takeaways from his career on both the brand and agency sides. But first, the question you already saw coming if you've been following along with this podcast series, what is the last thing you purchased online? Great question. I recently purchased and printed some photos. Uh, So I had a family event a couple of weeks ago and just wanted to capture physically those moments and put them up in frames around the house. When I think of purchasing and printing photos, did you do it through like CVS or an app like that or some other service? Yeah, these were just regular five by seven. So a little Walgreens sufficed uh, for these particular uh, photos. All right. Next one, I'm going to preface the question now, but you won't answer it until the end. It helps us kind of wrap up what we're talking about and just conclude the whole conversation. But I'm going to ask you to think of something that's been on a digital wish list of yours. And I like to think of that as like it just lives in a cart on some website forever and ever, but you won't actually purchase it. And then I'll follow up with why you haven't purchased it. But hopefully there's something on there. Sound good? Yeah, absolutely. I figured the best way to start this conversation was by having Dante explain to me why a brand would consider partnering with an agency at all. Yeah, it's an awesome one. I'd say from my personal experience working at various different large organizations, they are fantastic at the processes and functions that they've grown to scale and they know are their backbone. But there are are opportunities for improvement that require external parties, specificity, focus, core competence, that building would be very difficult, costly, and very far away from their centralized mission. And now we can begin talking about everything that Dante has done and learned from the brand side, starting with coming across Unilever at a career fair for an organization he was part of called Enactus. I saw their table with their mix of products, course, I was a college student and I love free things at that time. I walked up, engaged, and was just really curious from a marketing perspective as I was a marketing student on what they offered, how such a large CPG can have so much scale across so many different brands. And that really sparked the curiosity. Fast forward, spent several years there working from a U.S. perspective as well as doing some global roles, transitioned to newer brands, to which I uh, was brought in with a barrage of hundreds of other e-commerce dedicated headcount to build their e-commerce teams. And then last but not least, most recently came from the Hershey organization or the Hershey company, leading e-commerce for two of their protein bar brands. All that context led to the transition and back to your original question, which was, how did I get to agency life? And it was really by way of curiosity of understanding CPG from another perspective, Fortunately, Flywheel was right on the shoulder stating, when you're ready and you're interested, we love to have conversations. So that's been the journey of the transition going from the brand side to the agency side. And I really appreciated that journey. So now you've got some perspective on Dante's career journey so far. 
and we're really going to get into the thick of understanding the priorities, challenges, and dynamic relationships between brands and agencies. Let's start with the most important learnings from working for a brand. Mm, fantastic questions. I'd say it truly always falls into the people aspect, but additionally, the people relative to what the focus and the goals are. So at any organization, I always like to understand what's been happening and what's that relative to the goals that that are at play. So whether the goals from a brand perspective is driving share, driving category growth, it is driving household penetration. Those are primarily some of the top goals from a brand perspective. And then what are the people and processes that are in place in order to execute those? Those are really the table stakes that as I'm entering into any relationship, I try to understand. And it's pretty consistent organization to organization, the goals, but what's not consistent is the people and the process in order to make it happen. And that's where the fun and the experience and the creativity come to play. I'm really curious to know, as someone who has never worked the brand side, what are some of the major differences that you notice between kind of workload, type of work you're doing, things like that, when you compare your two worlds of work? Yeah, so there's a there are actually a bunch of similarities. I'd say from a work style perspective, particularly because I am remotely based as well, what I've been really impressed about since joining at the top of May was the depth of connectivity, specifically by way of Slack and other communication channels. And because we also have a, a diversity of scope by way of various different clients, various different initiatives internally that may be at play, just the, the array of things that I am doing that don't enable me to be heads down for like five hours on one project, which isn't a bad problem at all because I actually have a lot of curiosity in many different spaces. So I'd say that's been the biggest difference is it's just been the depth of diversity of things that are currently operating at one point is the biggest eye-opener from an agency perspective and the speed in which we're able to communicate by way of um, Slack and other channels to balance all of them has been pretty eye-opening. To be candid, I was like, oh, hold up, I'm fresh in the game. And there are just conversations that are happening all the time at once for, call it 20 different initiatives. So just focusing on the balance of what the priorities are within that space is something that's been a little bit different as compared to brand life. Interesting. And would you say that those differences were really unexpected when you came over to agency's side or like they really caught you off guard or you kind of knew that was coming and you were just ready to get into it? Absolutely knew it was coming. And that was <laughs> one of the, the points to which, you know, as I was discussing with folks, the role and the entry, that was one of the things that I wanted to be super cognizant of is at what point does it become too much, right? Because additionally, one of the other elements that I was cognizant of is the depth of potential burnout that in agency life could occur, right? So what's that tipping point? What are the mechanisms at play internally to which you can raise your hand and, and elevate? Hey, it feels like something needs to give here. Here is my you know, proposal as to how we can shift things around or just getting reprioritization alignment with leadership. Um, so I was definitely aware of that. But fortunately, I'm under great direction from some fantastic folks who have been in this space for years and get it. And um, I'm feeling really good about it. It's actually a lot of fun. It's like a massive game, right? Yes. And the ultimate goal, particularly within the scope that I'm in, is ensuring that the clients have the best things that they need to be successful. And that's done by way of ensuring that our teams have all the things that they need to be successful. In your experience, have, coming from both like the brand and the agency side of things, do you feel like there was a particular side that you provided more value for the brand? 
whether that be working directly for the brand or on the agency side? Hmm, interesting question. Let me pause and think about that before I react. Go for it. While Dante thinks about my interesting question, let's take a quick break. Do you enjoy listening to podcasts? I would hope so because you're here. So if you do, I have a podcast suggestion for you. Hi. Called Three Years Ahead. My name is Duncan Painter. And while I'm not hosting it, I'm the CEO. Our CEO is. Of Essential PLC. So listen here. A CEO today. C-suite executives. Has to set strategy at least three years out. Are faced with challenging decisions each day. Leaders need to constantly pivot. With an added layer of complexity. Their brand or company. When these decisions can dramatically impact the future of their business. For these challenges. How do they make these tough decisions? And opportunities of e-commerce. How do they learn to think many years ahead? How can you best position your brand without fully knowing what the future might bring or manufacturer to be ready for the new challenges three years ahead this podcast will follow ceo of essential plc focuses on why e-commerce duncan painter is so important through discussions with other leaders in the dynamic digital commerce industry for a ceo today to dig into how they make decisions for the future of their companies look out for this podcast what they've learned on your favorite platforms and their advice to other leaders like apple in similar situations Spotify, a must-listen for anyone in the industry, or iHeart. Maybe I can get a raise for mentioning my CEO's podcast. Hmm. Let's see if Dante's ready. I'd say at this current moment, and it's only because we are at various different places with various different clients, my depth of value may have gone a longer way on the brand side, and that's particularly because in several cases currently, I previously had on the other side more visibility into the other cross-functional influences that brands are dealing with in order to execute their KPIs. So what that could look like, for example, is the intricacies of the challenges and opportunities with supply chain, to which supply chain implications are ubiquitous in all things that we do these days. If current client scope on the agency side doesn't enable me visibility of supply chain highs and lows, then my added value is a bit diminished comparatively, right? And that can also be true with the likes of JBP relationships or joint business planning relationships with retailers and the depth of visibility that I may have in the agency life versus the very clear seat at the table that I would have on the brand side of the equation. So I'd say at the current moment, and it's definitely predicated on the dynamics of my client basis today, but as an aggregate, I'd say um, probably was adding more value on the brand side. And that's the aspiration here is how do we become that tried and true partner with our clients by way of having as much familiarity with their cross-functional influences as possible to drive after their KPIs. So we're getting there. I'm there with certain clients more than I am with others. That was a great answer. Although internally, right, internally within the context of brand and uh, brand side, you may have access and visibility to cross functions to various different data sources where I think the commission and really necessitate agency partnership is the ability to execute, to strategize and to execute because there are only a, a finite amount of resources to take that depth of access of data and functions and cogs within the system to make happen. And that's where, you know, us at Flywheel and other agency support come into play is we'll take what you give us, we'll make the magic happen to execute because we are cognizant that you may not have the hands, the resources, the technical know-how in some aspects in order to put everything together. So definitely adding value on that front 
in with what we receive from them based off of the focus that they've given to us, we definitely execute. Let's jump into Dante setting me up to go forward with some solid advice. Remember, I haven't worked on the brand side here. So I asked him how to navigate situations where a brand might have a very significant push for maybe a specific KPI, report, forecast, test, etc. That sometimes on the agency side, we don't necessarily think is worth the time investment or execution because of some of the complexities of the industry. How would I navigate that going forward? Obviously, I want to do everything to make my client happy, but we also want to pursue avenues that are the best for our client's business. I would challenge our internal leadership and particularly those who are directly interfacing with the POCs on the brand agency side to get as much clarity as possible of what those KPIs should look like. You know, certainly I hear you in the point of pushing back in some aspects, et cetera, but ultimately, right, if said brand uh, wants to focus on metric X, it's really in our best interest in order to achieve that, but additionally provide them the other variables and metrics that should matter to them as well. And the clarity of what the goalposts or the goals are needs to permeate down across both vertically as well as horizontally internally here. And I'd say um, it's really challenge your leadership to provide you that visibility of what it is. And additionally, as you are on the journey of executing against the goals that are defined with the brand, I would additionally always be curious as to the why as things are coming to life. The why and influences on hey, it looks like KPIX is performing or not performing. Here's all the things that we've been able to do. What does this look like for you all internally as you are socializing this development to function X or function Y? Those types of questions help to better understand some of the other brand goals that they haven't been prescriptive to inform us about. So those would be my two proposed solutions for you is challenge your, your flywheelers or your flywheel leadership to provide you that visibility. And then additionally, in engagements that we're having with our brand, brand partners, asking those questions um, along the way, it'll give you and make you a much more familiarized partner to them. I'm gonna share with you one of the best things I've heard while recording this podcast that just sums up what you can observe while working in the digital commerce industry so well. We find ourselves doing very technical things every day on the agency side, while also working with real client humans who also do very technical things every single day. Let's send it back to Dante. Do I have other influences, right? Particularly from a cheerly brand side who are very upper funnel focus. Is the depth of awareness and the CPMs sufficing for their expectations as they compare to other different avenues that they can invest in? That's where there is a lot of challenging discussions, but again, super, super fun. It's, a, it's an art and a science and the balance between the two. And then you've got people in the mix. So of course, we're naturally gonna get you know emotions and feelings in play in, in a professional sense, of course. But ultimately, you know those that shine are the ones that put the best foot forward, that put strategic thought in the plans and the why behind it, that are receptive to learning and unlearning, and then additionally holding hands and coming to consensus. And, and that's primarily an iterative, iterative process that happens in a more complex sense as we're challenging each other in annual and quarterly planning. Boom. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. Dante's three key learnings he's accumulated from working so many different angles in the digital commerce industry. Let's talk about number one. 
But you gave me that a really important key learning that you have just from your entire career journey is to have a people focus on understanding, finding vested interests, and tapping into superpowers. And so my follow-up question for you is that we do such tactical jobs at Flywheel. Maybe you're, you do a little bit less tactical execution work than I would as you know man, levels of management go. But how do you specifically work on focusing on people rather than those kind of like executionary tasks or reports or things like that? Fantastic question. And, and, and I too am in the tactical as well as the strategic day in and day out, depending on the likes of the, the requests that come in. So I emphasize this idea of one team. Um, and what that looks like is you can come to me with any and all requests inclusive of, I need extra hands and support. I need a second pair of eyes to review something that I'm working on. I need resources because I am swamped and, or I don't know what I'm doing, how can I help? How I cultivate that is through a variety of different ways. One is being consistent with per, ensuring that we have time available to status on all of those different components. So what are your wins? When are your challenges? What does help look like for you? So that's primarily the three focuses that we're doing on a status basis. Additionally, ensuring that we have clarification of the goals so that everyone knows exactly what they're driving towards. And then the third area is inclusive of what I've come from a school of is having individual development plans or IDP. And what that is a snapshot of is your current uh, position, your current skills that you're working on, and then aspirational avenues. And that those aspirational avenues can be you know, laterally working upwards to the next role. It could be something horizontally that you're working on. It can quite frankly be something to which is outside of the organization. So I sort of put that as table stakes in between the team and myself so that I am very clear on what their motivators are, what they want to do, and how best in my time that we are working together that I can help to sharpen their skills and their muscles to get where they want to go. Because ultimately, you know, the bias for action and motivation comes from them as individuals. And I would just want to make sure that they're working on something that excites them, that it definitely is business added value to the organization and, you know, gets them to where they want to go. Moving on to number two. The second key learning you gave me is leaning into change, the only constant. And usually I ask people, how do you do this? But I'm kind of tired of that question. So I'm going to ask you, what's good about change? So much surprise. And that can be on the personal or professional front, particularly when you're in a space in which everyone is uncomfortable, you really get to see the true depth of character of individuals. And then additionally, if you're in the right environment with the right amount of energy, you get that one team, hold hands, we're jumping into this journey, we don't know what the results will be. And for me, that's exciting, right? For me, that's um, a test of character. And for me, that's, that's an environment to which I wanna be in you know, consistently. Do I always want to be changing the game? Absolutely not. Um, but I love the sense of team that change creates. And then additionally, change creates innovation. Change enables us um, opportunities to learn and to grow and to stretch. And um, that's why I do really, really, um, you know, lean into change and I'm always excited about it. It's because we're, we're iterating on something that we already know. And then additionally, we're embarking and putting our hands together and, and really um, going into an avenue as one collective group. And lastly, number three, to learn and unlearn and be a forever student. And so my follow-up question for you is, 
How do you implement this in your current role? So there are so many trainings, so many the, things yeah. that I do not know. I 100% do not know. And I'm very uh, transparent about that, particularly whether they may be tactical and the intricacies that are needed to set up a campaign to which I'm pretty decent exposure um, and can execute now. But there are so many different, I call it off spins of what that looks like depending on the strategy. And that's just on one specific aspect. Additionally, the environment that we operate in presents so much more need to continue to learn, whether it is on Amazon from an AMC perspective to our sister brands here internally and the capabilities and core companies that they have. Um, I'd say it excites me that there is so much to be figured out, so much connection to be had. You know, I have a list of trainings that I am constantly adding to and seeking to find the time to ensure that, you know, I put my heads in the book and um, get it done. And then additionally, learning by way of just conversing with different folks and different individuals who are on different sides of the organization as well. What's your favorite like format of learning something new or a training per se? Because I hope it's mm. podcasts, but like, I won't be offended if you don't say that. <laughs> I love a great podcast. And then additionally, I'd say I'm like a kinesthetic learner as well. So anything to which I'm like moving and can get, you know, my, my body as well as mind working at the same time it is fantastic. So podcasts in some capacity, because I often am moving, uh, are great avenues for me. But I also really appreciate like a classroom environment to which we are whiteboarding. I've got a large whiteboard in, in the other room here. And that's one of the the things that I miss most about being in an office is just like running around, having folks and doodling and doing all the things. But I, I love that aspect of learning, adding that physical element. Before we can close out this episode of Mastering Detail, I'm going to round us out. We're going back to your digital wish list, something that's been on your digital wish list that you just won't actually purchase and why. So it's not a particular skew or item that I've been earmarking, but I do okay. need a new couch and I'm just sort of done with it. And the reason is I was one of those individuals who made a, I was living in the Hoboken, New Jersey area, and I made a transition out of the city environment into where I'm currently living. And with that regard, you know, purchase furniture online, it sufficed, but it wasn't really what I wanted. And that's because from a supply chain perspective, what I really wanted would have taken like two years to get here. So on my digital wish list is just really locking down something that I'm excited about in terms of a couch and getting that here. So I've perused around, clicked in, added to a cart, then look competitively and I'm like, uh, I'll just stick with what I have. So I think I need to, to make a decision sooner rather than later. Couches are so hard though. And like when you order it online, you don't know what it's gonna really feel like. And it's a big purchase. And then there's so many options like you could search forever and ever. And while I love a million options, furniture is definitely one of those where I'm like, do I need this many options? I think this is too many options. Exactly, exactly. Thank you for listening to another episode of Mastering Detail. I've been your host, Emma Irwin, and the producer of this episode is Klaus Cancel with sound design from Enos Satenji who only recently told me how to actually pronounce her last name. If you like this episode, please share it with your network and make sure to follow us for new content coming soon, educating you on the most important topics in digital commerce. Thank you for listening and see you next time.